Welcome to The Traveling Troubadour, the podcast that follows the lives of musicians who've successfully toured around the world while playing the music everyone knows and loves. I'm your host, Jason Perno, and our next guest is Neil Brophy. Neil, welcome to the show. Why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and how did you first get into music? I was, um, I'm from, I'm from, uh, born in London, grew up in, grew up in uh, Northampton, and uh, yeah, spent my teenage years collecting records and, and later teens going to gigs, all following the live music scene, sort of grew up in the, in the um, early 80s, um, buying records, and then yeah, by 85, 86, going out to see yeah, numerous bands all over the country, just following, following the, yeah, following the music scene. So who were your inspirations at that time? I was influenced by, I'd say Dylan, Billy Bragg, who was probably um, influenced by Dylan, um, The Clash, and then later came New Model Army and The Pogues, sort of, um, yeah, sort of the punk, punk folk, basically. Yeah, I noticed that a, a lot of the musicians I meet who are from the UK, um, you start to see there's a huge difference between those who came from the States uh, in, in their influences. Because as an American, I'm always thinking, of course you think Bob Dylan and so on. Uh, but then there are these other artists that may have had an influence in the States, but not as big, but they were huge in, yeah. in England and yeah. the UK. It's a sort of parallel universe, really. There was, you know, there's a hell of a lot going on in um, in the UK in the say late seventies, early eighties, and um, I think Dylan was the only one that sort of caught my ear um, from from the states as as, a, as an early, you know, as a teen. But um, yeah, later as I travelled around the world, I learned a lot more about the American, um, about yeah, from rock and roll onwards, basically. Um, so yeah. then you 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 started playing guitar, and uh, at this point, when did you decide, okay, I want to make a living doing this? I want to make money. Well, my, my biggest passion was travel. And I, I, did, um, I did an apprenticeship. I left school at 16, did, did the engineering apprenticeship, and then um, went on to college and then left. Uh, yeah, got a job for a year. At the age of 21, I just went backpacking. I just wanted to travel. And um, I hadn't done any gigs at all. Okay, before. so what did you study in school then? Uh, 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 engineering, production engineering. As so, in audio engineering? No, no. Oh. Mechan mechanical. mechanical. Mechanical, like completely different. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. I started out with music and then I ended up doing cybersecurity at the very end. So, I mean, yeah. as you uh, ended up, uh, like what what brought you to, to go from an engineering career uh, or, or an education in engineering to suddenly saying, you know what, I want to travel and I want to do music instead. Boredom. Boredom. Pure, pure boredom. Just a normal, just, I just wanted to travel from, the, from an early age. I wanted to go traveling and that was it. And guitar was, um, I, I enjoyed playing the guitar, doing the campfire stuff, um, going to Europe every summer when, in my late teens. Um, yeah, around the campfire, doing the interrail. And I just met a lot of travelers and um, very inspired by, I met people who'd been traveling for two or three years and I thought, that's a great idea. So I, where, I did, did, where, where did you want to go? Like, like what was on your bucket list? Australia was the, a lot of Australia. People, yeah. A lot of people from England went to Australia via Asia. So I just took a one way ticket to Australia. Um, went through, went through, um, uh, went through Asia for about two months. Um, I'd, I'd saved a lot of money, but by, by 
I'd say after four or five months, I ran out of money and I, I had to start going busking on the street, you know. So that's where my music career started was just by busking. So it was sort of out of necessity. You were traveling and, was, and you yeah. were broke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was, um, yeah, and I just started just, I was, I was in Perth. There's a little town south of Perth called Fremantle. And I'd go there every other day and go busking and um, earn a bit of money and it couldn't earn that much. Um, the next two years, I basically hitchhiked around Australia and New Zealand, um, busking and picking up the odd bar work. Um, uh, worked on a ski resort, did a little bit of this and a little bit of that. So, so let me ask you this about busking because I, I talked about this a little bit in my book. Um, <laughs> and and it, I might have a, I guess, a preconceived impression about busking. Um, and, and maybe you can correct me on that because I've never done it myself. I've never actually – gone out and just started playing on the street for money. How did you find – did you make good money busking? First first few times, absolutely nothing. Well, I made about five or six – I remember when I was in Perth, I made about five or six dollars. And um, I thought, oh, this is – so I've got to – you know, so you learn, you you find out you'll be playing – you play 10 songs and one song would – people would turn their head around and enjoy it. And then the next songs will be like songs I like and – no one's um, no one's batting batting an eyelid. So you start playing songs that people knew, and so which would earn money. And then um, and then after and then you get better at talking to people. You get better at um, and this is this is where the entertainment starts. You know, I, I, I would give any advice to any any young person going out to to um, to become a one man show is to go busking because you learn you learn the eye contact um with people as they walk by if you can catch their eye that's 50 percent of the um that's 50 percent of the of the job you've got them and you so this s- is really this is really how you cut your teeth yeah as a, as a musician definitely, definitely. I, I was well it was for me and i i did it i did it for two i did it for two years by the time i got to new zealand it was it was an easy it was a definite wage it was definite weekly wage i would i would go out i knew that if i went out from 11 o'clock till maybe 1 30 um, I would, I would make, yeah, in those times we're talking, we're talking early nineties, those times I'd make about, um, 40, $50 and, uh, and, uh, a bed in a hostel would cost $8. So it gives you an idea of, um, sort of what you could do. And a beer was $1. So All right. you could drink so a lot were, of beer. You are basically able to survive on busking. Yeah. Yeah. And travel. Yeah, I, I think that's really cool. I was always too scared to do it. I mean, I, the, I'm looking at this sort of like uh, the Rocky Balboa <laughs> kind of training, where you're 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 out in the cold, while your your opponents are get all the nice uh, trainers and gear and everything, and and you're in a barn somewhere uh, doing it old style and hardcore, and uh, yeah. and then you come out on top. Yeah, but this. It- I mean, time time was on our hands, you know. So it didn't matter, you know. There's no, I was not in a hurry to do anything. So I was just traveling, it was, yeah. it was day by day. Yeah. So, so, so you you did uh, Asia, you did Australia, New Zealand, and I I think you said something about going to the states at some point. You were the, there as well. Yeah, and then I went to on the way back from um, Australia. I flew via the states, and I was in. I didn't do much busking in the states, I, but I. I flew into San Fran and hitchhiked all the way up to Oregon and then across down to through Colorado and back down 
and down to LA, um, just hitchhiking. Just yeah. So <laughs> after after all of this, how how did you end up in in uh, transitioning from busking to doing contract gigs with uh, agents and so on? Well, I was um, I was. I got back to the UK in in um, in November. I'd been away for two years. I thought I'd get a, I'd um, try and get a job. Then after a week of like not looking too hard, I'd got a top tip that if you go down to Austria and you wanted to work a ski season because I'd done a ski season in um, in Mount Buller in Australia, uh, where I did a couple of gigs in a bar there, but just for fun. But um, they said if you want a gig, go to um, go to um, Austria. Uh, there's a place called St. Anton. Go there and go go and see a woman called Joan and um, she'll give you a job. So I, I got on a train, went to Austria and went down so, so called Joan. And she, get, she gave me a job as a glass collector and um, I could play. They had live music there constantly for 10 hours a night and I could play in their breaks. But then after after about two months, I got a, I was playing 345s every night. And then, so, so you started out basically working with the di- the dishes. Oh yeah, and then she was like, uh, "Wow!" Yeah. But yeah. that takes tenacity to to, you know, because yeah. I know there are some prima donnas on the circuit that they come in and they expect that things are just going to be handed in their lap. And yeah, you, I was only, you I was actually only 20, worked your way. Up. I was only twenty three. I was only yeah. twenty three. So right, was, right. And um, yeah, I guess it didn't really matter. It was free beer as well. Well, right, right. That wasn't on the contract, but. There was a lot of free beer, but the, um, but the, but then I, I did that for, two, I did that for, so by January I was sort of working um, full time as a musician. And then that season ended in uh, March and I went back to, no, it ended in May or April, I think. Yeah. Mid April went back to England for about five months and I got the, got the phone call to come and play in um, Denmark in the Scottish pub. So oh. that's where the Danish, that's where the Danish stuff started, and that's where I got my first full um, contract. And did you make these connections through other musicians, or how did how did you find these gigs in Scandinavia? Was it through friends, well, or it was through um, this place down in Austria? Is where Tom Dykes came down. He was down there. For, mm. um, yeah. He was down there for a, a two-week stint because this place where we worked had had sometimes up to sixteen musicians working there at the same time, mm. upstairs and downstairs with, like you know, that um, ten hours upstairs of live music and about eight hours of live music downstairs, solos and duos. So there's a lot of musicians came through, and we all we all got talking and yeah, swapping numbers and. Yeah. So like I I've never actually been to Saint Anton. I've heard a lot about it. I've met. And I'm friends with musicians who've played there. Yeah. What was your impression of playing? It was it like opera ski it was sort opera of ski. thing. It yeah. was opera ski, yeah, yeah. And what was, was that like playing there? Um, great. You know, you're playing. You're playing to. You're playing to. Um, yeah, Brits, Scandinavians, Germans, Northern Europeans, mainly. So you're you're learning. It's a great learning curve for covering you know learning your repertoire and covering um covering all sort of yeah covering all genres and covering all um you know yourself people from sweden um favorite top five songs maybe different from the top five songs in germany 
so you you get to you get to know you soon learn which you know which uh songs work what work yeah. yeah and then if you've got a table of germans you know what to play them you've got a table of swedes you know what to play them um it's generally the same or you know as you know it's the same old bloody songs you know yeah it's it's about making people happy though that's yeah. that's the thing that uh entertainment guess, yeah and it took me a while to learn that as well um when i first started out i i just played my heart out and you know that got a certain kind of attention for a small audience that was very appreciative. But if you want to survive in this industry uh, and you're getting hired to entertain people, you're not there to yeah. amuse yourself. And that's, yeah. that's a hard thing for a lot of the musicians coming into to finally realize. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. People learn. Yeah. And it, it depends what the musicians into, if they're into, into singing or if they're into you know playing licks on the guitar or they're into entertaining it's um this job our jobs being an entertainer that's the number one thing it's a beer we're beer salesmen yeah yeah that's right it's keeping the bars full Yeah. yeah that's it so um what what did you enjoy most or i should say what do you enjoy most about the lifestyle of the traveling wandering troubadour um, yeah, as I said before, you know, I was a traveler before I was a musician or a troubadour. Um, I, I love traveling. Um, I love traveling. I love meeting people. And, um, you know, when I, in my early days, when I was, uh, busking, I would be hitchhiking, um, playing on the street and, uh, sleeping in the ditch or in a tent, you know, but now I'm doing the same thing, but I take the train or drive and stay in a hotel <laughs> and play in, and play indoors. So it's, you know. Yeah. It's um, yeah. So what what are the drawbacks uh, about this lifestyle and this career? What is, what is it that you just you you know if I'm going to do this, this is just something I have to accept. I don't know. Are there any drawbacks? <laughs> <laughs> playing maybe yeah. maybe playing the um, but you know you you know your job is to entertain. Your job's yeah. to entertain, and um, I don't know. I can't really think. Um, yeah, I could be. I, I'm, I could be really negative, but I'm, I, I don't know. I, 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 I can yeah. tell you from, from my own experience that um, one of the things that I had a really hard time doing the hangovers. being on the road. Sorry, yeah, the, hang- <laughs> the hangovers. The hangovers. You, you, <laughs> you, you can even deal with that, but it's the uh, – and it, those get worse as you get older too. But yeah. um, no, for me, it was maintaining a relationship of any kind. It was, it was never possible. You, you yeah. would meet somebody, you'd be in one country, and you would be – uh, there for a couple of weeks or sometimes a couple of months and you would strike up a, a a conversation one night with somebody interesting and then you would end up dating them for a little while and then before you know it you were off to another place yeah. and then uh, you knew that it wasn't going to work out I mean every single relationship I was ever in it just never lasted more than maybe 10 months or a year um, you know and of course there's always those uh, repeats that you have when it's like oh when I'm in this city then uh, you know, there's this one, and when I'm back in that city, there's that one, and and so on, and it's a very common thing. You slag. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you were just you were just writing songs. You were just like, I need I need a verse for a song. I need a verse for a song. <laughs> How many songs did you get out of that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wrote quite quite a few love songs over the years, but uh, yeah. but that was definitely a drawback, at least for me, yeah. um, to the lifestyle. Uh, 
But I and, and the other thing that I, I I thought a lot about this is that it it can get tough as you get older. It, there you know there's no pensions and health insurance and all that kind of stuff, and you have to play your cards right um, and plan ahead because it's it, you know it can work out fine for some of us uh, and others. I, I've seen that it doesn't work out as well. But I so guess you can say that for anything in life. You can say that for anything, yeah. Yeah, it's just yeah. you know, just got to be a bit, little bit savvy, you know. Just got to be, yeah. Um, just on it, you know. A lot of the time, you're only you're only working Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So may maybe use one day to do something different, you know. Yeah. To do your book work, but um, true. Yeah, but um, it's yeah. There's I don't know. There's drawbacks. Yeah, as you get older, I think anything gets harder when you when you get older. You know, it's, yeah, um, and some things don't get harder. <laughs> no, I, I just, I just love traveling. You know, yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, so it's um, part of part of the course. Now, I, I know you play out in a band, um, but do you play out mostly in your band, or you play solo, duo? What, what do you do most of the time? Many, many years I did. I think in my twenties, definitely, I was solo all the time. Um, and in the thirties, um, I was, I was with a band, um, maybe about say, let's say in my thirties, I was doing, I don't know, 130, 150 gigs a year. And then maybe about 30 to 40 of those would be with my band. Do you have a preference between solo or with the band? Now I prefer, actually, no, I say, um, I like, I like doing both. I, mm. I love I love doing both. It's two different. It's completely two different. You can't. I don't. I can't even compare. You know. It's like yeah, yeah. It's like it's like driving. It's like driving your favorite car and driving your favorite motorbike. You know. It's um, you know, four people in a car, only one on a motorbike. It's yeah, it's, it's great. True. It's just great. Um, both both are great. You know. Yeah, I, I think you know when you're when you're playing by yourself. Of course, you're only responsible for you. Yeah, and you're you're. Com- in complete control of the repertoire and, yeah. and how the night goes and and of course the money depending on the types of gigs but more often than not that you make a little bit more money as a solo artist than you do in a band unless you're playing those bigger corporate type yeah. of events yeah um but i mean there's that energy that you get from a band that yeah. you you feed off of each other and so on and oh it's you, great you can't yeah. do that we're having a solo a, artist yeah currently we're having a lot of good time with the band in this in this um in this climate you know so so aside from uh denmark and and uh saint anton I, what what other countries have you played in um well being in denmark we're quite with as you know we're close to um, norway and sweden and finland so yeah. i've played a lot in played a lot in norway and um getting to play in finland a lot at the moment haven't played that much in sweden quite a bit but playing germany um mm. played in uh I've, I've revisited new zealand and played down there for about mm. three or four months we play with a band we tour the uk maybe two times a year two three times a year um holland and belgium um yeah so yeah there's a couple of bit. places there's a couple of places you mentioned there that i've never been to and i've always been curious for example um what it's like to play in the uk um is it what is the uh, the I guess you could say the the money situation there? Some people have told me that uh, well, you can only play on the weekends 
There's no such thing as six, seven days a week over there. Is that true? Or I, I don't really know. We we go over there as a band. Um, I've never mm. played, never really played in the UK. I've played a little bit in the UK solo, um, but when I do play with a band or solo, we're not we're not doing. Um, it's not for the money um, because we're doing original material. And when you start mm. off with original material, you just forget about the money. It's not it's not about the money. It's about yeah, it's all about the passion. Yeah, the passion and getting and getting your um, getting your music out there and getting in the places that you do play. People that come to see you play there are people who want to listen to music. It's not, it's not you're not there to play punter stuff. So and that's a a very different strategy and mindset as well when you when yeah. you're booking venues for the original stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. You go there with a, a budget and try and stick to the budget of what you're going to lose. Basically, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's about. I'm only going to yeah, lose yeah. that much, but. Um, <laughs> But some no, you get you get you can get some festivals that pay all right, and yeah. then if you, if it goes well, you can still sell you can sell a lot of merch. We've we've done a few mm. festivals where we've we've sold a lot of merch, you know. And so that's where you you recoup a lot of your yeah uh, costs. Yeah. yeah, is through merchandising. Yeah, but yeah, it's hard to sell CDs these days. Yeah, yeah, you just got to get them. If you do, I find if you do a fantastic show, um, even people that don't have a CD player or a record player. They'll buy it anyway as a souvenir, you know, or as a, or to show support. Yeah, for the band. To show support. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So token gesture. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, out of all the places that you've played over the years, do you have a specific place that you you like playing more than anywhere else? Uh, I forgot to mention one place we went last oh. year with a band, and that was India, Goa. India. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Went I went to Goa. Yeah, we went to Goa. Yeah, we played in Goa. We did ten days. We did ten days, um, ten gigs in Goa, and I would say that has to be the um, one of the highlights because again, really? again, it's the it's the um, the travelling that I, I love, you know. And and where we where we play in Goa, it's full of travellers who are on the same wavelength. It international, you know. It's Europeans. Well, it's international travellers from all over, and it's this sort of um, hippie vibe and. Um, yeah, I think that's the best place to play, and that's zero money. You know, you might wow. get a, you might get a curry, yeah. you might get a curry and a pint. You know, <laughs> you know, it's it's funny that you mention that because there's another troubadour. I don't know if you know him. His name is Seanan. Uh Yeah, yes. he's he's Irish, I, um, and he spent a lot of time in Goa and India. And he's been he's told me he said you have to go to Goa and get in touch with your inner hippie. Is what he said. I know Seanan, and I met Seanan out there in, in Goa. Hello, Seanan. You Shaunan. met him in Goa? Yeah. yeah. Oh he plays with the Tantric Monkeys, good friends of mine. Yeah. <laughs> that That's the yeah. coolest thing about this job, right? Yeah. Is that you'll meet people in another part of the world that you should you normally wouldn't have expected to meet them, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have one story where uh, there was a guy named Duncan. I don't know if you remember him. Yeah, who was, I know Duncan, uh, yeah. Also from the UK, and he recently yeah. passed away um, yeah. peacefully in his sleep, fortunately. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was playing a gig in New York and uh, in, in a, a small uh, bar in upstate New York in the middle of nowhere out in the woods, and <laughs> in walks Duncan. <laughs> yeah. And we just look at each other and we're like... What the hell are you doing here? <laughs> you know, so, so, but these are the kind of things that happen. And I guess it's because there is a, a sort of a network, a circuit that yeah. all the musicians eventually kind of cross and get, uh, get on the same path and then go on different paths and then meet up somewhere else down the road. 
I was on a plane. I was on a plane going out of Copenhagen. I hadn't seen Duncan for 10 years. And he, and he comes, he comes and sits next to me. And it was his last plane out of Denmark when he left, when he stopped playing in Denmark. Um, he, um, yeah, he was on the way back home to Scotland flying via mm. England. And, and we, um, we, yeah, it was his, he said, that's it. Never again. It's, you know, it, it finally left Denmark. And we had, a, we had a couple of pints in uh, Stansted airport. He went, mm. I went to London and he went to, to Glasgow or something like that. Yeah. He gets everywhere, what a, Duncan. What, yeah. What a really <laughs> nice do. guy too. Yeah, he, was, guy. he was the sweetest guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have any tips for other musicians uh, who are who are thinking about doing the traveling busking thing, or uh, just getting out to see the world through their music? Just yeah, follow your follow your passion, and and understand mm. from the start that it's entertainment that um, people are looking for. And as soon as soon as you can grasp that you're there to be an entertainer, and talk to the crowd and engage with the crowd. That's when you. That's when you start. Um, yeah, let's say making more money because you can get better gigs, to, or you can get booked again. Um, yeah. If, you, if you're going there to be a singer or a, a guitar player or something, I'll say maybe just stay in the bedroom and record your music into your microphone. You know, it's yeah. it's it's not what it's about. It's about entertainment. Yeah. And if you, yeah, and if you're lucky enough to write a few songs that everybody likes, then that's a bonus. Yeah, and, I had um, a friend that that once said to me, and he was an entertainer as well, really, really charismatic entertainer. And they used to do covers, and he would dress up like the the Indian from uh, the Village People and everything. And he would go. come out dancing half naked, and he would dress up as Elvis for other. And it was great. It was a really, really great show. And he told me this a long time ago. He says, you know, if you want to be an original artist who you know is crying their heart out and and singing these melancholic songs there's plenty of time for you to do that in your parents basement but if you want to make a living and you want to make good money in this industry you can do that playing other people's music i mean that that, and that's really where the money is um of course there are those who can break through and they can do it on their own uh steam with original material, but this, this, uh, you know, cover songs becomes the bread and butter of how we survive in this business. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I mean, that's, that's a job for the, for the, for the, for the bar musician, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, when you're on the road, uh, do you have any special tips about the type of gear that you might bring with you that you say, you know, this, this, uh, this is something that everybody should have. I mean, one of the things that I, I was uh, thinking that everybody should bring with them when they're traveling is a small portable mixer or one of those uh, stomp boxes where you can give a little bit of rhythm. I use the, a, I use a stomp box. Stomp box is yeah. very is very good. Um, I I'm into uh, my show is uh, if not people haven't seen my show. My show is generally upbeat. Um, it's to lift people. Uh, it's a one-two rhythm all the way through. I don't do any slow mm. stuff generally. If I do slow yeah. stuff, I'll, I'll play it twice the speed. And um, just to get lift people, because I'm there to make a part. I'm, I'm a party starter. Stompbox, definitely. Um, um, looper, no, I wouldn't bother because um, you're there to entertain, not to show off. Because you can. Yeah, and plus it takes a yeah. while to get it going, right? Yeah, you're there. Yeah. What verse and a chorus? Maybe second verse. On on sixty seventy percent of the of the sing alongs, 
Uh, of yeah. course, it's classics that need to be played from the start to the end. But yeah, uh, iPads, forget about it. Learn your <laughs> lyrics. Learn yeah. your lyrics. Yeah. You're not there. You're not there to be a student and show everyone you can read an iPad. You can read. You know, you're there to entertain. That's why I would ever- say. Have you ever used the backing tracks or anything like that? Or are you just pretty much straightforward microphone and guitar? I tried them once. I had to, because to get a gig in Switzerland, but I, I generally always beat them to the end of the song by about half a minute. You know, ah, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was, I'm, I'm not technical. I'm not, it's not, yeah. it's nothing. It's yeah. Again, it's like why you're there with one guitar, you're a one man band, um, yeah, the basically the stomp box just enhances you stamping your foot, um, and the having people say people with backing tracks of where it sounds like the you know you get the band sound, but you're not a band, you're a one man show, so it's um, forget yeah, forget about it. <laughs> you know, that, but that's yeah. that's me personally. Everyone's different, you know. I'm I'm a um, yeah. I I just yeah. like I grew up listening to Bob Dylan. So yeah, you know, I've seen people make it work where they're using loop stations and stuff. I could never work, make it work myself, and for me, no. it's not worth the hassle. Especially if you're traveling by yourself, you know, you got to yeah. fit all that stuff in your suitcase and everything. It's just yeah. always been so much easier, and then you yeah. can set everything up in like five minutes when it's yeah. just your guitar and your microphone and maybe one yeah. pedal or a stomp box or something like that. I but, use um, I use a yeah. harmonica as well. That's you very, do all right it's, yeah it's very effective if you're busking it's very very effective um if you're out there busking get a harmonica uh, if you're busking without an amp a lot of people bust with amps these days so i never used to busk with an amp but um you use, I use a harmonica try and put a harmonica on almost every song because it really turns people's gets people's attention um, i've never i've never tried it yeah. I'll, I'll have to uh yeah. I've bought harmonicas. I've never used them. Yeah, but, with, the old, uh, with the old Bob Dylan thing. That's just yeah. my, you know, everyone's yeah. different. You know, that's my yeah. advice, but, you know, take it or leave it. So so what are you doing with yourself these days? I, I mean, uh, I heard that you have a, a song that you've just released, The Bachelor. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Bachelor, and, uh, it's a song. Um, I, I wrote this song 30 years ago, and I've been playing it play it almost every pub gig it's like a traditional song um Mm. and it's um yeah it's it's upbeat it's um happy well the lyrics aren't that happy but it's very yeah you know beer drinking song yeah yeah it fits the it fits the if you're looking at and if you you know want to create an atmosphere a beer drinking um yeah party you know the the good old you know swinging the beers and dancing around Foot stomping music. Yeah, foot stomping music. That's it. Yeah, it's a foot. It's a foot stomper. Yeah, it's a drink along. Yeah. It's a drink along song. That's know? right. And um, That's- yeah, well, that came out last Friday, and um, we also released an album. Da da da. It's time to plug. True stories. A lot of my stories from traveling around the world are on this. It's, and on uh, vinyl, no less. On vinyl, and it's on beer color vinyl. You know, that's a pilsner. Yeah, that's, oh, wow. that's, a, that's a Czech Pilsner. Uh, you get that on my uh, website, brovislaw.com, Shopify. But um, that we that was released last uh, last September, and we just got a we just got a publishing deal in the in the states um, a couple of weeks ago, and it's being played on Little Stevens Garage Underground Garage at the moment. So we're we're getting airplay in America and Canada. Very so cool. That's great. Very very but, cool. But the new song, The Bachelor, it's um, yeah. You'll you'll hear it. 
you'll hear it. I'm sure everybody will hear it one yeah, day. Yeah, I, I heard it. And uh, I got to say, I'm really impressed with the production quality. It's it's really yeah. right, right up there. Uh, uh, yeah. Obviously, you, you went to a proper studio when we you did. Yeah, you did this. Uh, we went to so, a, a uh, plug it. We went to Media Sound. Peter Brannan. Ah, yeah, great. There you go, Peter. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Well, that about wraps it up for this week's podcast. I want to thank once again Neil Brophy for coming on the show to share his journey with us today. If you like what you heard and you want to learn more, please pick up a copy of Troubadour, a musician's guide to touring Europe as a cover artist. Now available on Amazon. We're going to take you out with Brophy's Law and Neil's latest single, The Bachelor. Thanks again for joining and see you next time. Yeah. Thank you, Jason. I left school at 16 to work on the factory floor. I worked alongside old men who have been there since the war. They taught me everything in you, they taught me right from wrong. They pounded me right down my neck and sang me their old song. Hey! Education was a place of drinking nights and drinking days Getting drunk, falling down and sober thoughts of you The atmosphere was pints of beer, whiskey jar and steel guitar Made the toast and sang a song and then another one Hey! Sat my life on the drinking chair By the bar, by the pump, by the barrel I met a girl one drunk at night By the name of Annie McCarroll She took me on for what I was She tried to change me something new My way of life, my drinking ways I wasn't right for you Yes, you are so pretty, you'd make a lovely wife But I'd rather be a bachelor and lead a drinking life Yes, you are so pretty, you play the perfect marriage game I'd rather be a bachelor and drink myself insane Hey! Side.